we've been doing the uh, stories from the Old Testament. We've been talking about Moses and the Exodus, and it's led us to the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you are just joining us and you want to look back, uh, you can use our YouTube page or our um, uh, Facebook page or any number of things there, our, our podcast. Uh, what we've covered so far is the first two commandments, no other gods before me and no graven images or likeness. And I hope that you are finding new ways to look at these. These are, again, these are not scoldings. These are encouragings. Uh, this is God trying uh, to develop a personal relationship with us. That's what it's about. Uh, these are about invitation. Uh, the people that are wandering in the desert with Moses at this time, uh, this is the, such a monumental moment because it's the first time that they are uh, experiencing a, that personal connection with God. Uh, they, Moses goes up uh, into uh, the mountain and the people around are standing there and what they see is a cloud envelop Moses and what they hear is almost like, a, uh, it's described as almost like trumpet noise, very musical. Uh, like I said last Sunday, uh, I'm pretty sure it was jazz. So there's something very spiritual about jazz. Um, he's in the third commandment, or uh, I think it's the fourth. This is what God says. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Now, this is something that we often, when I was growing up, uh, and I would ask my parents, what does that mean? They'd say, don't swear. And, and I thought that that's all it was. You know, if you use God in a swear or something like that, you're, you're not supposed to do that. But I think the message that God is telling us is a little bit deeper than that. We as human beings, we don't like it when somebody misrepresents us. When somebody uh, assumes that they know who we are and tries to speak for us, uh, sometimes they get the facts wrong. Um, I think Will and I have both been, Will was actually in the paper um, last week in the Journal Star, uh, and so if you go to our Facebook page, you can see a wonderful article, and you were telling me that the, uh, the reporter uh, got it right, but I think, uh, I'm not sure if Will has, but when I was in radio and doing comedy, we'd been interviewed before where people had gotten, misquoted us, or gotten something wrong, and sometimes it was usually pretty minor. Um, but there have been times when uh, I myself have been misquoted or misrepresented, and it, it causes you to want to correct. And times we are almost judged quite harshly by other people, uh, people that uh, think that they have our number, but they don't. And so it hurts us sometimes when we are misquoted or misrepresented, uh, and that's what God is saying there. And you, when God is saying this, he, what, what God is saying is, don't make me out to look like somebody that I'm not. Don't introduce me to your friends and family in a way that misleads them or frightens them. Don't put words into my mouth. And we as Christians, I, I, I want us to focus on 
the people that have considered themselves uh, Christians uh, for a while now. Because what we've done in our life, many of us have created certain sayings, or we have, uh, well, we call them uh, Christian cliches, where uh, we like to, even sometimes we mean well, but sometimes we like to say things, and sometimes the things that we say can be a misrepresentation of God. Sometimes by just saying things that we mean good, many times we mean good, uh, but we're hurting people. And so I want us to look at some of these things that we say. I've just picked the top ten. And I want us to see if this is, are these things that we could say that mean well, but could cause some damage? And is this what God is talking about when he says, please don't um, use my name? incorrectly. Like the first one here, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. We'd love to say that. We'd love to have just definitive things like that. It's, it's our job as Christians to help spread the news of God, right? Um, it, it, this is a word that has been very much misused, but uh, we are all evangelists in the sense that we are all uh, brought to, uh, to share the love of God. But I want us to look at what these words can mean, even when we mean um, goodwill. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. What, what does that sound like to the person that is truly at their wit's end, that truly feels lost? that feels like the whole world has crashed down on them. What does that feel like to hear that? To someone that has been uh, feeling quite alone in their life, that is in the bottom. Maybe they've lost their home. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe they face bullying or persecution. Maybe they're in a country that is... Um, Harsh. We, we often look at these and we think that this is just American sayings. They're not. These are, our, our Christianity exceed, it goes far beyond our geographic location. So when we say things, we have to make sure that we are representing God. When I look at this, oftentimes what I hear is, I know life is rough for you, but you can handle it. God gave us something very special, and that's called a community. So when we get something that we don't feel like we can handle, we're meant to reach out for one another. We're meant to be there for one another. This simple saying can sometimes be quite misinterpreted as you are on your own, but God is saying you are supposed to be there to help each other. There's things in your life that maybe you can't handle but I'll bet we could sure try together. I bet we could pool our resources, and I bet we could help one another. Those are the kind of things that uh, they, they, they don't look as good on the refrigerator magnet as this one does, but they mean a lot more. We'll keep going. Everything happens for a reason. Again, this is a very positive outlook in life. 
But what do you say to the person that was just assaulted? What do you say to the person uh, that has been struggling with something? Are you telling them that, that God is just causing this to happen? See, sometimes we can develop a language that makes it feel like we are okay, but the things that are happening to other people, well, that's just their business. By our very words, sometimes our kindness separates us as the chosen ones and them as not. And that's not representing God. It means well. A lot of times we, we really mean well with this. But I want us to really take a look at the words that we say and how it can be interpreted. God just needed another angel. As a pastor, I have heard this many times at funerals. And what I've learned, this is something that, you know, in my early days, I might have said myself. But when you're in grief, when you are really hurting, what you hear is, God just took your kid away. God just took your loved one away. God needed somebody. And so he took it from you. That's not, that's not what God's about. God celebrates us throughout our lives, throughout our deaths. I do believe in heaven. I do believe in the hereafter. I do believe that when people uh, pass this existence, they go on to a better place. I do believe that. But we have to be careful what we say. Because this can sound awfully dismissive sometimes to people that are really in grief or really hurting. It can sound challenging to people. Again, we mean well. But I want us to be watchful of where we are. Because uh, Christ wants us to enjoy our lives as we're here. He wants us to enjoy life afterwards. But Christ isn't about saying, I know you love your family, but I need you up here, so I'm just going to steal you away. That's what it can sound like to people that are just even coming to the faith. Sometimes we can say stuff that by our kindness, we are actually pushing people away from the faith. It can sound quite harsh. Just have faith. Just have faith. This has been used by people that have um, been struggling in life. This has been morphed into something... uh, that has turned itself into what we call prosperity gospel, where people say, if you want that new job, if you want that new outfit, if you want those new teeth, if you want that new wig, all you got to do is just have faith and everything will happen to you. And if it doesn't happen to you, that's because it's your fault you didn't have enough faith. And what happens is we have a lot of people that throw themselves at these teachings of these prosperity gospels where people go because they think, if I learn to have this faith, I'm going to make it in this world. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have that car. I'm going to have that parking space. And then what happens is it doesn't happen for them. And in many cases, something worse happens to them. They discover a loss. And then to hear, well, your faith just wasn't strong enough. What an awful thing to say. I don't know about you guys, but my faith is not a constant trajectory up into the heavens. My faith sometimes goes like this. 
And no matter how it goes, Christ is with me every one of those times. Even when my faith is weaker, Christ is in my life. I can have faith on that. But there are times when we just dismiss these words and we're not truly representing because the God that we love is a God that is there with us through our struggles, through our doubts, through our questioning. Our God is there with us. When our faith goes like this, God is still there. Love the sinner, hate the sin. This has become a very popular saying in people that uh, want to push people away. It's, uh, there are churches that have said that uh, our door is open to everyone. But once you get inside, they tell you that the door is open, but you have to change in order to stay here. Uh, you have to be a different person in order to be accepted by this circle. We are supposed to um, be, sin is supposed to be a deterrent for us. Uh, but this has been dismissed as a very judgmental saying. Uh, because when we say it, we're saying, uh, I'm better than you. I, I'm a person that is without sin, so I can love you even though that you're doing everything wrong. It can make people feel pretty small. And our job is to lift people up. Our job is to introduce them to a loving God. Uh, we can actually just take out that second part there. And that includes all of us. It's not my place to judge. This always is followed by, it's not my place to judge, but it's an introduction. If you ever are in a conversation and someone says, hey, it's not my place to judge, you know that's going to be followed usually by something pretty nasty. It's not my place to judge, but that person over there, boy, what they're doing there and all that kind of stuff. This is actually a very judgmental saying. The truth is, it's not your place to judge. The truth is, is that uh, what I see the sin in you, I usually have the sin in me. The truth is, is that it, we are there to accept and to love. And so when we are saying things like this, it has a very different meaning to the people that are hearing it. And then they're not usually hearing a good representation of who God is. The Bible clearly says, again, this is usually followed by things that are pretty hurtful, pretty unwelcoming, pretty hateful. And I've been a pastor for a number of years now, and I can, I can tell you the truth. The Bible doesn't clearly say much. There are, the people that say this are the same people that say, you know, every time I open up the Bible, it says something different to me. Whatever mood I'm in, it just says things for me, and it changes, and I can read the same you know, thing and all that kind of stuff. So the Bible doesn't clearly say that, does it? It says something different. It reaches people. What the Bible really clearly says is love people. 
love people. And so when we start with this, our second part of this better say the Bible clearly says love people and just end it at that. Are we doing that? Or is this an opening again for it's not my place to judge, but there are very few buts in the Bible. When Jesus said, love your neighbor, there wasn't an exception, a yeah, but. Are you saved? You ever want to scare a Christian or someone new to the faith? You want to just scare them to death? You give them that one right there. There's a lot of people that look at the Christianity as a ticket. I got my ticket. I, I did the thing. I, I, I said what it said in that pamphlet that they gave me about accepting Jesus Christ, and I got my ticket, and now I can be the most nasty person on the face of the earth, but I'm still saved. I'm still saved. I can yell at you. I can cause you something. I can kick you out the door. I can make fun of you. I can just do all these things, but I'm saved. Are you? Do you have your ticket? This ain't Willy Wonka. This is something much deeper than that. If you're just looking at Christianity as a ticket out, you're missing what Christianity is all about. Christianity is something that's layered, deep, meaningful, affects things in our lives, affects who we are, affects everything about us. It's not about just getting a pass. It's about developing a relationship with God and with God's people. There but for the grace of God go I. This has been a very hurtful saying because, uh, let's say Kim's been in a tragic accident. Uh, she's uh, somehow uh, she's lost her left side of her face. Uh, she's hurting, she's recovering, uh, but she is going through a lot of tragedy in her life, a lot of change. And if I were just to say, there but for the grace of God go I, what I'm saying is God likes me better because he didn't do that to me. He must have, you must not have had enough faith. I'm sorry that happened, but I'm so glad it wasn't me. We, throughout centuries, have turned Christianity into an us and them. And sayings like this have erupted from that. That happened to them. It didn't happen to me because I got the ticket. Again, there are times when uh, there are people that look at this and they, 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 they truly are thanking God that uh, they're doing okay. But be careful. Be careful that you're not misrepresenting God because the God that, uh, that we love, that loves us, when something happens, if something happens to Kim, it's not helping Kim for me just to think about me, is it? What's helping Kim is if I just thought about Kim. Are we thinking about other people that much to when something tragic happens to them, we don't just say, Oh, I'm so glad that I'm okay. 
Do we have an, uh, uh, a feeling of empathy in our world enough that whenever something happens to somebody else, we're not saying there for the grace of God go I. We are saying, what can I do for you? And then this one. There are times when this means very, very good things. But there are also times when this means I'm just going to end this argument right now. It usually follows the statements of the Bible clearly says. And then when someone disagrees with you, you just walk away and say, well, I'll pray for you. And we don't say that, but what we mean is, I'm just going to end this argument because I'm right. Prayer is never a weapon. It is never a way to end an argument. It is never intended for self-righteousness. If you're saying that you're going to pray for somebody, I hope that you are truly entering a state of humility and thinking about somebody other than yourself. In other words, if you're saying this, do you really mean it? Or you, do you just to say, agree to disagree, I'll pray to you. You're wrong. You're wrong. As Christians, we have made some terrible, terrible mistakes. And it's words that we do and the things that we have that create an attitude and a, um, an atmosphere that makes people feel unwelcomed. It makes people feel judged. It makes people feel hurt. And sometimes it's not intentional, but the things that we can say sometimes with our best intentions, the things that we say are not representative of who God is. I hope that we can walk away from this thinking a little bit more about the things that we say. Are we truly representing God? Are we truly, when we talk about God, are we truly representing who God is? I, I guarantee you, uh, before uh, I ever get up here and talk, I am praying to God and I'm praying for God's words. And the word I always get is share love. Share love. Anytime that we use a saying or talk to somebody, if you ever want to know if you're representing God, are you sharing love? Are you saying, I'm not judgmental, but are you saying the Bible clearly says that they, are you saying us and them, or are you saying God loves us all? Are we saying that? And sometimes a, a little saying just doesn't do enough. Sometimes the times that we want to say something, just kind of that bumper sticker or the refrigerator magnet saying, that might be the time that we might not need to say anything at all. It might be the time that we actually need to listen. I pray that we can. We have, I want to pose a question here. We've been doing this just the last couple weeks. Will's going to play a little bit of music for about uh, 20 seconds. And we want to just 
invite you into a time of reflection. Uh, you can talk at your table. You can, if you're home, talk with your family, or you can think to yourself, whichever you want to do. But I just want to ask this question. How have you seen the name of God misused? I only did a top ten. And it's not always sayings. But I invite you to think about, are there things in this world that we have witnessed where God is not truly being represented? Are there things in this world where I have not truly represented God that I might have misspoke or my actions might not have been that of, of a loving God? Just about uh, 30 seconds. Talk amongst yourselves or reflect on it. complicated people. We, uh, we disagree often. We uh, have our opinions. We all have our histories. We all have the things that have conditioned us throughout our lives. We all have things that have made us who we are today. We should celebrate those. We should celebrate the things that make us us. We should celebrate the things that make us unique, the things that make us stand out, the things that make us humble, the things that make us challenged, all of those things, we should celebrate those things. And when we are truly celebrating those things, we celebrate each other. And when we truly celebrate each other, I think that's when we're speaking for God. My prayer for all of us this week is that we go out those doors sharing the love of God with everyone. The ones we disagree with, the ones that we see eye to eye with, the ones that challenge us, the ones that make us feel comfortable, whoever it is. I hope we see each other as someone that is loved by God. And when we can develop that mindset, we are better off at loving God, loving ourselves, and loving our neighbors.